Well, and the fact that we have the expert along with you. And we are live, guys. <gasps> Yay! It's the day we've all been waiting for. We are in Cape Coral, the big storm location in Cape Coral. This is Amy from the Run, Eat, Drink podcast, and I am joined by Kevin Long, brewer here at the Cape Coral location. We are right in front of where all the magic happens. Although there are locations in the Tampa and Clearwater area, we are so lucky to have a brewer with us. Kevin, thank you for taking time to talk with us on the Running Drink Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And let me tell you, this we are so excited about this. We have earned our tulip glass. This is the Cat 5 release, and we have been here over the past, what, 10 weeks? For categories one through five. Well, one through four. Well, one through four and now the five. Yes, I can count. It's okay. I've got a 19-mile run this morning, so this is the perfect way to celebrate. And also, is it not your seventh anniversary for Big Storm? That's correct, yeah. So happy anniversary, Big Storm. We're so happy you're here in Cape Coral and in the state of Florida, too. And we're so excited that we as rank amateurs now have an expert to talk to us about all of these different Belgians. Can I ask you, why the Belgian style? Well, the Belgian style is a very old and very uh, tri-traditional style of beer. Belgian beer um, encompasses traditions that come from all over Northern Europe, um, but it is a very wide and very varied, very varied style of beer, uh, and it incorporates a lot of different traditions. However, the, the beers that are in front of you are trying to target a very narrow range of Belgian-style beer. Belgian beer pulls from three different brewing traditions. You have the French from the Saison uh, style beers. You have the English ale fermentations and the German uh, high quality ingredients, including the hops and the malt. Um, so Belgium being kind of in this like weird center spot between all these different brewing traditions, pulls yeah. them all together and puts these really, really wonderful beers together. But what we're trying to target specifically is the Abbey style of ale. Um, Abbey style refers to brewing beers that were brewed in the Abbey. It is different from Trappist style beers. So you have uh, different ranking levels. You have Trappist, which has to be brewed by monks in a monastery. And then you have a Trappist. Trappist has to be yes. brewed by monks. Absolutely. So it's we legal have ordained you to like make you are Trappist beer. I am not a... Okay. No. Okay. 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 No. Um, that almost happened, but no. Um, no? <laughs> Um, the Trappist style is brewed, has to be brewed by monks. It's okay. a legal label that goes on the side of Trappist beers. If you buy, for example, Rochefort uh, is a Trappist beer, and you can see the Trappist label on it. Um, we are going for the Abbey style, which is um, beers brewed in the tradition of the Trappist, but not brewed by monks. So there are a lot of there are abbeys that have private. Uh, companies that brew beer for them. It's very well known. It's not a, it's not a, not a trade secret. Um, nobody's trying to pull a fast one. Um, but probably, you know, it, due to complex history in, in Europe, um, abbeys might have lost their breweries due to damage during, during the war or just due to economic changes in Europe. Um, so there are private breweries that have picked up a, a trade name like the name of an abbey. I believe Leffa is one of the ones that. Um, 
I have done this at some point where they were picking up a name from a, from a, from an abbey that is either defunct or just no longer produces the beer. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, what we're trying to do here is imitate the styles uh, that you would find within the abbey tradition, abbey brewing yeah. tradition. This, these are beers like you would find brewed by monks. And these it's are not brewed by monks. <laughs> they're not brewed by monks. <laughs> we so wish it was. None, but none <laughs> of the brewers yeah. are monks, is right. what we're saying. Right. But it's very different from an IPA. Right. In what way? So, um, IPAs are, for, for historical context, are, of course, coming from England. They are pale ales that were just a little bit more aggressively hopped. Uh, sometimes meant for taking long voyages, sometimes because just sometimes people like hobby beer. Okay. Uh, and English brewers would be brewing for local regions and for local tastes. Um, and so IPA has a complex and, and kind of a weird history, but, uh, um, but IPAs are aggressively hopped. They use typically a very clean, or at least American IPAs are using a clean yeast. Uh, the Belgian beers that you see in front of us are not aggressively hops. Uh, they, have, they have very little in the way of hopping. Which is why um, we like them. <laughs> and they, fe they predominantly feature the yeast and the malt first. Mm -hmm. I would say yeast first, malt second. Okay. So consider the consider your yeast as the predominant provider of flavor in, in these styles. In the Belgian yeah. style. Right, right. Okay. So take us through this flight of beer, if you will. Right, absolutely. Let's start with the cat one. So um, the Cat One is our is our Belgian single. Yes. Um, this is a style of beer that uh, would be very uh, commonly associated with some of the Abbey style uh, private breweries that were making these sessionable table beers. Mm -hmm. um, it's very light. It's it's brewed with predominantly Pilsner malt, um, Pilsner style malt, which is this very uh, light, grainy, very light colored beer. Um, you get these grassy notes off of it as well. Oh, um, here. Our cameraman likes to try it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be in a podcast about beer, we got to talk gotta, about you it. You got to drink it. Yeah. Um, Even so if you're behind the camera. <laughs> these, these beers are pretty light, as you can tell. They they yeah. almost they are almost as if you brewed a pilsner with at with Belgian yeast as, as opposed to normal lager yeast. Um, so it's very light, very balanced. It's got a nice light straw color. Yeah. Um, and it's straw also, color. also one thing interesting to note is that the one, the two, and the four are brewed with the same yeast. The one, the two, and the four. The four, correct. Are brewed with the same yeast, but yes. the three and the five are totally separate. The three and the five use the same Belgian yeast, mm -hmm. but five does something a little bit funny near the end, and I'll talk about that when we get to the yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to that okay, part. I'm yeah. rushing him, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, I want to tease it so that, so that they're excited for it. So, yes, because yeah. yeah. everybody should have this yeah. entire flight, but we're getting ahead of ourselves, right? Let's talk about, the, what about the Category 2, which is our cameraman's personal favorite? The Category 2, so brewed with the same yeast, the big difference between the Category 1 and the 2, um, the color is consequential to what is important about it is the change in malt. Um, yeah, it's so dark. So, yeah, so we use uh, dark Belgian malts, and we also use um, bits, uh, a slight touch of rye and oat. Rye? Yeah, so it gives it a nice mouthfeel from the oats. You also get some spicy, bready, and toasty flavors from, from the rye. And uh, lots of dark caramel malt and 
some dark roasted malt in order to get that nice, rich, dark color. Yeah, because it's darker than any other one in the right. And it's hard, the other thing is, it's hard to talk about the double without also talking about the triple at the same time. They are oh. in a very similar category. Because they're um, so different yeah. in color, though. Right, but they are, it's important to talk and about flavor. the two. Yeah, yeah. It's important to talk about the two at the same time. Okay. Reason being is that the, these, are, these two styles are the oldest styles and the most traditional styles. Most traditional. Yeah, the, the categories, the category one and the four, the single and the quadruple are very recent styles. Um, the, the double and the triple are the most, um, the, mo the oldest and the most traditional. Um, so in Belgium, these are the two styles you're going to find at a Trappist or Abbey style brewery. Um, the, the Belgian double is the most common and the most easy to find there okay. in Belgium. The triple is usually the sort of mid-range mid specialty beer. Um, and the funny thing about the, the, the triple, um, we'll go into more detail about the triple itself, okay. but the funny thing about the triple is that it was considered as more of, a, of an indulgence for the beer. So they usually had really funny names that, that, that reference something sinful. Really? So a lot of uh, triples are named, there's a triple called Lucifer, and one Duvel, for example, oh. Devil. So these are these are indulgent beers. The the, the Belgian double is is the common beer, the one that you would normally be drinking. Um, I've also heard uh, uh, something about the Belgian single being what's mm -hmm. called the perfectory beer, which is the beer that was uh, portioned off to the monks during Lent. So they oh. could, of course, were fasting during Lent, couldn't eat food, well, couldn't eat food during normal, normal so. day. So this is what you would drink to kind of keep you alive. <laughs> And it's the lowest in the ABV. It's the lowest in ABV. But I've also heard the same thing about the double. Is that the double is is the is the standard beer. Mm -hmm. It was sold, of course, to uh, fund the abbey, mm -hmm. but also as the one that the the monks would have had a ration of during the, during the day ah. uh, to help stave off uh, the pains of, of fasting. But not the three. Not the three. Not the three. Not the three. In fact, uh, if they they might not have been allowed to drink it at all. But this one has clove, bubblegum, and spice flavors. Right. So the category three is, uh, and the category two work on the Belgian system of uh, gravity, the Play-Doh. Uh, it's a measurement of original sugar. So as you're fermenting, you're taking a very sugary liquid, consuming consuming the sugar, turning it into CO2 and ethanol. Mm -hmm. So that's reducing your sugar content. Um, the category two and category three very commonly could have used the same original gravity. Let me ask you, we have a, a viewer, Kristen Cineviva Iabian is asking bubblegum. Now, when I yeah. taste these, I tend to call it banana. Yes. Is that kind of the same yes. flavor that you're so talking about? So what you're looking Similar at is a, sweetness. yes, it's a, what you're looking at is a chemical called isoamyl acetate, which is pretty common in a lot of, yeah, in a lot of beers. I feel like wow. we just crossed into Breaking Bad territory. <laughs> I mean, oh my god. So that's a, that's the chemical that they use in a lot of uh, banana flavored candies. Uh, in order to get that flavor, but it's um, but it's banana flavored in the sense that it's referring to a, 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 a variety of banana that we don't find in the grocery store anymore. We have the Cavendish banana now, uh, but it's an older style that doesn't taste like that anymore. So some people don't even associate it with with banana. It tastes more like bubble gum. Anymore. Okay. okay. But they, it can become bubble gummy. It become, can become banana. The more you know. No, yes. Okay. <laughs> Belgian yeast and, yes. wheat, and, and wheat beer yeast will, will 
also Hefe yeast will do the same thing. Oh. Depending on That's why in some Hefe weissens you get that flavor. Yes. Yeah. So the colder the fermentation, um, sometimes you get a little bit more bubble gum. Warmer fermentations, you get more spice and clove. Can happen in Belgian beer too. Um, the Belgian beer, beer yeast can sometimes react in a very similar way. Hotter fermentations, you get some weirder flavors, some spicier flavors. So um, like these are warmer or? Um, no. I think the first two were fermented a little bit colder. This one okay. is fermented fairly warm. This, if I remember this, correctly. The, yeah. the category four? Yes. Yes. And speaking of category four, yeah, it says chocolate, raisin, and toffee flavors. Yes. Yeah. So that uh, comes from a very intense amount of uh, malt dosing. Um, and these are very co uh, rich and, and concentrated beers. Mm -hmm. These are much more rare um, than the double and the triple. Oh. Um, the other thing, just really quick, that I wanted to get to with the double and the triple. Oh yeah. So the original sugar content. Um, this is working on Belgian Play-Doh. Belgian beers uh, were taxed based on the original sugar content, not on the alcohol content. They're taxed on the sugar, not on yes. the alcohol content. Exactly. Somebody it's messed really up. Weird. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. So. Uh, you can have uh, the double and the triple is referring to that original Play-Doh. Uh -huh. And so um, you can have a double and triple at the same alcohol content, but be taxed differently because their starting gravity was different. Triples tend to be very dry. So they, they have, you can have the same amount of sugar, but it depends on how fermentable your sugar is. So the more fermentable it is, the drier and the more alcoholic it is. So the uh, triple is meant to be much drier and rely more on the spicy bubblegum and clove flavors that you're getting Interesting. To, to bring out that rich, complex flavor. Okay. So then this one tastes boozier to me. Yes. The cat yeah. four tastes boozier to me. Yeah. Now, why, why is that? So um, the booziness, of course, is coming directly from so the hot, the, this one is meant to, to start at a really high original gravity mm -hmm. and end at a very low final gravity and get a lot of fermentable sugar out of it. So um, it can be very, it can be both very rich and, mm -hmm. and fairly boozy at the same time. And yet its yeah. color is lighter than the Cat 2, it right. seems to me. Right. The Cat 2, uh, they're, they're technically two different uh, styles, but they, they're very related. Mm -hmm. um, the Belgian dark strong ales are, they say dark strong, but what they mean is kind of a, a copper, or dark copper, kind of a caramel color to it. Yeah. Darker than the Cat 1. Yeah, cat for sure. I yeah. mean, like, all of them are darker than this, right. I think. And the uh, <laughs> and we did kind of choose, the, the color is kind of consequential to the way that it's being processed. The color, actually, unlike a lot of other styles in Peru, um, is not quite as important as the flavors that you're getting off of it. So you can have a double that's actually pretty light, and you can have a double and a triple that have the same color. But we, we opted to go with alternating colors. So light, dark, light, dark, and ended up with light again. So that well, was That was, because yeah. we, we were like, oh, it's darker, then it's lighter, then right. it's darker, and then right. this is kind of like a, like a golden color. 
So yeah. these are uh, the the last two. The category four and the five are uh, Belgian strong ales. The uh, category four is a Belgian dark strong, and the category five is a uh, Belgian golden strong. This is a Belgian golden strong ale. Yes. So what? And it says honey, vanilla, and chardonnay. Yes. So this is the. Uh, this is the creme de la creme beer. This is the the, the ultimate beer that you're that we're working up to. Because mm. I'm gonna tell you, I just think it, it like it's approaching a mead right. to me. Exactly. That's exactly the thoughts I had this morning. Was really? It's all it's finest and honey like. Yeah. Very thick and biscuits. Yeah. yeah. And but, what is? But no honey in the brew. There's no honey, There's honey, no honey? in the brew. But what role does the Chardonnay play? So uh, it goes through an interesting fermentation technique. So all of these, the, the first four beers go through a standard, a standard fermentation and stainless uh, fermenters. Um, the fifth beer, the Category 5, um, when we brew the wort, the wort first goes into a stainless fermenter where it is, where the Belgian yeast and um, champagne yeast so it is a co-fermentation between Belgian yeast and champagne yeast. Um, we let it sit for about 24 to 48 hours. What we're trying to do is get the yeast active and bubbling, mm -hmm. so that the yeast is mixed and, and is homogenous throughout the throughout the volume. And so once it's going, we uh, then transfer it into the Belgian, excuse me, the French uh, Chardonnay oak barrels for it to continue fermentation. So the, the majority of the fermentation happens in the oak barrel, not in the stainless. The stainless is just uses a mixing tank, an initial mixing tank, and then it's moved into the barrel. Um, and the cool thing about the Category 5 is it's going to be, we could do everything exactly the same way um, as, as the previous year, but it's going to come out different, mostly because of the changes in the wood and also because it's it's fermented at room temperature, so the facility that it's fermented in mm -hmm. is uh, air conditioned. It's kept around seventy two degrees. Okay. Um, but I was going to say weather changes right, things when right. something is aged in a barrel, right? Exactly. You now it's a it's a conditioned building, so it's it's not going to go through really wide varied ranges. But okay. if, for example, the if you have a power outage, if you have a couple hurricanes come through, cool. that's going to change the flavor. Um, <laughs> If you if you switch it from a warmer side of the brewery to a colder side, because barrels get moved around because of you know uh, just for needs of for production needs for whatever reason. When you're rearranging things yeah, and then you're, you're shipping yeah, things off. We try off not or... to move too much, but uh, okay. uh, it's like they're like sleeping children. You don't want to let them. You don't want to jostle them around too much. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, you know, the conditions that it's in and the fermentation, we let it just ferment as is. And um, the yeast also produce heat during fermentation. Okay. So it's going to warm up the barrel as well. Um, so it's it's subject to the, the conditions in the brewery. Uh, as opposed to stainless fermented beer, where we're, we're very actively con uh, controlling the temperature and the conditions inside the tank. Ah, yeah. So you just kind of let this let it do, do, its do what it's going to do exactly. in terms of flavor. So I was going to ask, I know yeah. with some barrel-aged beers, like they'll age them in um, um, whiskey barrels. Right. They'll oh, yeah. actually pick up 1% or 2% ABV just from the aging process. Right. So the picking uh, up anything on the barrel other than flavor and color? The... Um, I can answer in, in this respect because I wasn't there when we when we 
put in put it in the barrel. But uh, what I can say about that is that the uh, if there was a residual wine, uh, it's light wine in the barrel. Oh. It was probably drained. Uh, but it will pick up uh, roughly about a liter of, of Chardonnay wine from the barrel if it was still wet, if it was just fresh, if it was freshly dumped. Um, however, uh, these are, of course are coming from the French Chardonnay region. Um, they, the barrels are probably fairly dry by the time they get to the United States. There probably isn't a whole lot of actual wine. You are right that if you have a freshly dumped uh, whiskey barrel, you will pick up some alcohol. Uh, but wine. Different. Yeah, it's wine different. is a little different, and wine is uh, pretty close to the same alcohol content, so you're probably not going to see a whole lot of uh, a very significant change at all. Mm. Yeah. Well, can I ask a personal question? Absolutely. Which one is your favorite? My favorite. <laughs> or is it like asking which one of your children is your favorite? I don't yeah, know. I, it's definitely based <laughs> on my mood. Uh, is my, that? Yeah, my go-to is definitely the single at the moment. This, I really uh -huh. love the single. It's, it's an easy drink. It's hot down here, so like I just oh yeah, easy. And I like the, the Belgian character without getting the the boozy heaviness of the rest of the, the styles. I've always classic or generally really preferred the double. Um, but I'm but as the uh, the cat four kind of develops in the in the keg, it's starting to grow on me. Yeah. The triple is really good. It's it, it's never failed, and the, the the five is just something really really just. Amazing, like it's a different experience. I love compared to the I other love ones. that five. But I, I only really like to have a thimble full because it, it will crash your palate. That's yeah. a sippable. It's right, sippable, right. whereas yeah. the cat one, the cat one would be like I don't know if you call it sessionable because it's yeah. in the weather that we have and the humidity right. of the summer. It is sessionable is absolutely a good yeah. word to use. Yeah, it would be great. And but then uh, this, not so much. The five is, is like it's like a cordial. It's something you would have after a big meal. Yeah. Yeah. It's very warming, so like I, I take a sip and mull around on it for a while and let it warm awesome. up and then come back to it again and let it develop in the glass. Do you notice anything different in the flavors because uh, as they sit at the table if you're having a flight and the temperatures change? Yeah, the uh, the single is probably not going to pick up as much of a difference. It's going to stay pretty clean. Okay. Uh, but the, the beers that have a more complex uh, malt profile, uh, bigger bigger in alcohol, you're going to get more of the complex flavors that the yeast produced during fermentation. So as it warms up, those beers, those flavors are volatile. They'll come yeah. out and hit you in the nose. And, yeah. Um, you're going to get more of it out of there. Yeah. So it's different. So if, you, if you smell more, you're going to taste more. Definitely. Yeah. Sure. And so they have connections to Europe in terms of, like, you talked about the Mons, you talked about all those different connections, but it also has connection to Florida because they're named category one through five. Right. And, and what, what made you all, what was your inspiration there in saying, hey, we want to do a category series? Right. Um, well, I mean, our, our theme across the brewery has always been meteorology. So, uh, and we wanted, because hurricanes are pretty big and intense, and we big wanted storage. to find something that's... Big storage, you know that, So we, we wanted to find something that is going to match the intensity and drive of, of a yeah. big storm out in the Gulf, yeah. or out in the Atlantic. And um, we felt like the pretty varied and, and uh, rich tradition of, of Belgian 
Belgian beer is, is yeah. a great way to represent them. We all have a passion for that. And it's all of them have different character and they're amazing. Now, can everybody across the Tampa Clearwater area and here in Cape Coral, can they get these just in the tap room today or um, they the ones that are on tap, they are they're all on tap at the moment. Um, the category five is the only one in um, bombers that you can take to go. Okay. So um, we have our vintage 2018 Camp 5 from last year. It's unfiltered, so you have a little bit of the, the dregs at the bottom of the bottle, which helps it seller quite pretty well. So um, it's already a year old. If you want to take it up to three years, you are more than welcome to do that. It will be excellent if you do that. It'll be um, a great comparison yeah. between this year and last year, right? Exactly. Yeah. And we also have the uh, the Cat 5 and the current year Cat 5 in, in Bombers available to sell. If you purchase the vintage uh, Cat 5, you will get $7 off of our 7 Year Storm, which is our anniversary beer. That we I was going to ask you if you can oh, talk yeah. a little bit about 7 Year Storm. Really? 7 Year Storm, yeah. It's an it's a, a Imperial Rye Ale. It doesn't follow any particular style, but it is, uh, I believe, aged in... Uh, in Sagamore rye barrels. Um, it's got some, uh, yeah, it's got some really great bourbon notes to it, some rye whiskey. Um, it's got some spiciness from the rye, and it's also got a little bit of a, a, a candied top end. It's really interesting, a little difficult to explain uh, without without having like someone try it. Like yeah, it's got a little top end sweetness. It's really nice, yeah. I believe it's in the... Uh, 10.7 or so range in alcohol. Oh, 10.7 yeah. like 80. Also another bomber that's really good to uh, to sell her if you want. Yeah. So you have your seven year anniversary. Yes. You have last year's Cat 5 in a bomber. Right. And you have this year's Cat 5 in a bomber. Correct. And then the rest of it is on tap it's in your tap room. Yes. So for a limited time, not it, once it's gone, it's gone once until it's gone, next, it's gone next year. Until next year. Yeah. And next year's flavors could be very different. Right. Yeah, I think the uh, the Cat 1 through Cat 4 will generally be, we've kind of nailed down what we really like yeah. out of these beers. The Cat 4 might go through a little bit of change. When you get into higher alcohol stuff, it's always going to be a little bit more of a, you play it by ear. Yeah. Um, you'll play it by taste. Uh, but the uh, Cat 5 is, is very subject for, uh, for environmental conditions. Yeah. But the Cat 1 through 4 are pretty... Pretty long, are fairly locked in now, I think, as far as what we really want. So, for people who are watching the podcast, watching the live broadcast here, or listening later or when listening, we repost this, or listening later when we repost this audio, right. they can come to the Cape Coral Tap Room. Yes. They can come to Clearwater. They can come to all. It's three locations. Yeah, there's a. We have Clearwater, which is our newest one where we are at now. Um, we have the. Uh, 50,000 square foot facility, which is our Vanellas location. That's where all of our distributed beer comes from. And the Belgian series, as well as all of our sour beers, come from the Pasco location, which is our original location. So that's yeah. where that's where it all started seven years ago. And you distribute throughout the state of Florida, or? We currently distribute through most of Florida. Mm -hmm. um, I think Panhandle, if I, rem if I remember correctly, is probably the least they're more sparsely distributed, but yeah, we do go, go through most of Florida, and um, we also are in Ohio. Ohio? Yay, our Ohio friends! Yeah. Yay, I hope that you will be in all of 50 states. 
yes. because so do we. <laughs> I mean, these are all, and you can we we will post links to Big Storm's Facebook page, to the website, to because you all have great descriptions and great food pairings for all of your different flavored beer. Right. All of yours. So I mean, we will link to all of that, and of course, you're on Instagram, Twitter, all of that will link back to. But I, Kevin. The amount of information, the wealth of knowledge that you have brought to our audience and to us as amateur beer drinkers, <laughs> we can't thank you enough Absolutely. for taking the time. I know that it is a big anniversary for you and for the brewery. I have to say, cheers to you, Kevin, and cheers. to Big Storm. Happy anniversary. Thank you. And stay tuned. We'll see you soon. We, we have some beer to drink. <laughs>